Today we have with us Pastor Jason Holly. Uh, he's a senior pastor at Haynes Baptist Church in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. And uh, say hello to everybody, Brother Jason. Hello, everybody. It's good to be here. I appreciate Brother Ken and the ministry of New Beginning Baptist. It's been a blessing and um, really excited what the Lord's not only doing in their church, but also through their church. So it is a privilege to be able to give back to so many people who's given to me. So I appreciate you letting me be a part of it. Well, hey, I appreciate you being here on the uh, podcast today. How, how many years have you been at Haynes Baptist Church in uh, Winston-Salem? Since the day I got saved, uh, September 28, 2003, uh, I got saved. Uh, from that point on, uh, God called me to preach. I began to serve as a youth pastor in that church and assistant and my wife and I felt the lead to possibly leave and go and pastor somewhere else. And through that process, the previous pastor had already spoke about uh, retiring. We didn't really know all the details. They'd approached us, and we have been there now nine years uh, as a senior pastor. So Lord's been good. We're still learning. Nine years, and he married a pastor's daughter, a preacher's kid, a PK. Mm-hmm. That's right. A That's preacher's right. kid. That's right. Uh, Tiffany's a uh, sister. Tiffany's a uh, pastor's uh, child and uh, travels with him, singing, sings in the church, uh, very talented as well. Uh, isn't it amazing how God can bring somebody like that in your life? Where you, I don't know, do you sing? You sing, you do any singing at church? I heard you were singing at church the other day. I sing all the time. I just don't know if anybody likes it. I mean, I heard you were in the choir uh, singing, I'll take the take the old highway. Was that the one you were singing? My grandkids love that song. I'll sing that. I'll, I sing sometimes in preaching, but it definitely ain't to be able to help nobody. It's just to give God glory. That's about the only thing I can do. Go ahead. Sing sing a little bit of it. <laughs> no. Do it just a little bit for everybody. No. We're good. Praise I'll the Lord. I'll take the old highway. I'll take the old road. <laughs> I mean, come on. It's the one they call. It's so very narrow. All no, right. That's anyway, enough. that's I enough. I appreciate that's you enough. saying there. God bless you. <laughs> so, well, I've known you now, what, six years? Five years? Six years? Sounds about right. You've preached at the church. You come every year. Our people love you. Uh, y'all are some of our favorite people to come and uh, be at the church. The Lord's always used you when you come and been an encouragement. Um, we, brother Brent Carr is the one to introduce you to me, uh, years ago when we started coming to the youth camps, first youth camp was in Ducktown, Tennessee. And, uh, we seen a lot of great things happen in that youth camp, but it was that youth camp that actually transformed or began where the Lord began to transform our church. And, and what I mean by that is, is that our heart started, uh, to become tender toward the Holy spirit, uh, and we started, uh, you know, developing uh, our talent in our church because of, um, you know, being at youth camp and what the God began to do in the hearts of the people. Uh, we came back from youth camp with a vision thinking, hey, man, we're coming back next year. We're bringing more people with us. We're going to do greater things, you know, during the year. And, uh, and then, of course, we got back home and that kind of spilled over into the church. Our, our young people were excited. Our Youth workers were excited, and uh, we come in all in excited, you know, and it just kind of, you know, spilled over in the church. Uh, but but that's where I got, you know, that's where I met you uh, was um, in Ducktown, Tennessee, and then through that you came and preached several times for us, and, and uh, today you come and preached our homecoming service, which we have, have had you probably the last three years for homecoming, and um, also have uh, – 
Taylor and Brianna and Tiffany would uh, come and sing. So just a tremendous blessing um, with y'all coming. So um, just while you're here, uh, we just went through uh, in August, the beginning of August, and and uh, you helped me kind of deal with some of this and get through it. So when I'm talking about this, it's not something that you don't know about. But, you know, we just went through like what a lot of churches went through, and that was, you know, dealing with COVID and, um, you know, and and I know sometimes because our church families are so close, and you'll probably understand this, uh, that, you know, if you have 10 COVID cases in a church, which we have 45 during a month's period, uh, that you feel like that it's just your church, but literally our community, this community, uh, I've seen some figures that were having like, you know, 14,000 COVID cases a day, you know, new cases being reported. So our whole community was hit so hard. And I don't know if this happened with y'all, brother Jason, when y'all went through this, y'all went through it a year and a half, what, two years ago, year and a half, two years? Yes, sir, March 2020. Right. So you still remember the day. I can tell you our day, August the 4th. I mean, it's like, it was like when you get hit with that, it was like when you were preaching this morning, it fell on them. Right. It fell on him. It fell on him. It was like it fell on us. Right, right. And I can remember the day, too, um, and I'll probably remember it the rest of my life until the Lord calls me home. Uh, but when that happens to you, you almost feel like it's just your church. Right. Listen, you know, the other churches aren't going through this. Your community's not going through this. It's only at your church. It's like... You know, like out of the whole universe, there's a bullseye on your church, and you're the only ones going through this. And that's not true. It literally hit our community, Brother Jason. It hit our community so bad, we have two large hospitals. One is uh, actually three within, from where I live, 30 minutes of here. Actually, three hospitals, Henry, Piedmont. We have Fayette, Piedmont, and Noonan, Piedmont. They had to call the National Guardian hmm. uh, to try to take care of all the patients. I mean, wow. it was just unbelievable you know, what we went through um, with COVID in this area. I know that when y'all had COVID, and you have to correct me if you're right or wrong on this, but but they didn't really know what it was then, did they? Wasn't it like it was just beginning? Yeah. You know, it, like everybody's like, what is this? It, it had just came in to the United States. Uh, they were still trying to track backwards to be able to see if people had previously had it. But at that moment, uh, schools were not shut down. Basketball was still in play. Life was still normal. There was no such thing as a mask. There was nothing made, no vaccination. There was no um, protocol. Uh, there was no rapid test. There was nothing whatsoever. Everything literally was off the cuff. A matter of fact, at the time, it was so... Um, it was such a, a early stage that a lot of our folk uh, that had went home to be with the Lord were went to the hospital had actually got tested, got checked out, and released because of the lack of knowledge. Um, the uh, gentleman that we know uh, that we stated that tested positive, he was actually speaking at our church. Um, he got up. He fell a little under the weather, and he actually got up on Friday. He went to go get looked at, tested. Uh, they looked at him, checked him out, said he was completely fine, came back, and then we have a complete outbreak that was there at the church. So I say all that to say this is there were so many uh, different decisions that were made by those who were supposed to know that did not know. And um, so we were, if you want to say it this way, the test dummy, uh, unfortunately, and I'm not saying that to be... Um, 
you know, lighthearted with it or whatever. I'm just, you know, uh, not being disgraceful whatsoever, but we really were the test dummy. And unfortunately there was a lot of, of consequences that came out of that because of their lack of knowledge at the time. Literally when y'all were like at ground zero, like the tests that we have now for antibodies, uh, some of the treatments like later on the president got Regeneron, the IV infusions, uh, how they, I remember back then if, they were saying don't treat people with steroids, and now they're finding out that's one of the things that's saving everybody's life uh, is the steroids. They literally knew nothing, period. They had no vaccinations, no therapeutics. Uh, the hospitals did, had no idea what they were dealing with uh, when it hit your church. Right. They didn't know. When anything. it fell on you. I'm going to use that word. I'll use this one. I like it. When it fell on you guys there. Right. Yeah. We They didn't know anything. Uh, there was people, they were in the ICU, they was in. You know, ventilators, things that were going on. I mean, it just, again, most of these people came came in and left. First two people in our counties uh, or the first people in the counties around us and surrounding counties were all from our church. And um, one of them, one of the first ladies was 34 years old. And um, so she was an older in age. Um, and she was sent home, went back in, and she was in a uh, uh, on a ventilator. And for, I want to say, and I'm guessing probably about four plus weeks. So very, very great tragedy um, and very difficult. And meanwhile, very hard to be able to try to make sense of it, just like people now. But that was it was something new. I mean, you know, we use the term trying to drink water out of a fire hydrant. That's, That's the way we felt. It was just coming out so fast. We couldn't even we couldn't even comprehend, couldn't respond, didn't know what to do. But, um, you know, just like everybody else, by God's grace, we, we did make it and we learned. And, and let me say this on the front side of it. Um, we didn't receive a lot of mercy, um, uh, from church folk, from Christian folk, uh, from people, uh, we were on the news. I mean, of course, the media, nobody knew nothing. So it was a major, major thing at the time, but even God's people, um, it was just a negative thing, but it allowed us to be, um, at a place where we're more gracious, so much more gracious, more patient, we have seen many churches like you folks that we have prayed for earnestly because we've been there. We knew how to pray. We knew the feeling. Um, we knew the emptiness, the sorrow. Uh, we knew um, the the desire to go on, but also uh, the patience because you have a widow or a widower that's sitting there. So you can't just jump out and be like, bless God, we're going to roll with it. And there was a lot of people that done that for a long time until, unfortunately, they got hit by it. But I say that because when we went through it first, you know, it's like many people say, it's kind of like being a kid and run through the the woods. The first kid that runs through the briar patch, he's the ones that really gets all the all the grunt of it. And then the rest of them, they might feel the effects, but they didn't really have it as bad. And, um, you know, and that's kind of the way we felt. It was just we we went through it, but we were able to be able to be compassionate and loving to, to everybody else. So it, God's been good to us. Now, did this happen with y'all like it did us? You know, like the, the throughout the year, you know, churches in our area uh, would have COVID come into church. And they would go through it. They'd have to close down for a while, you know, and their, their people would be sick. And they would inevitably have one or two or a few of their people pass away from COVID. But then the church two miles from them, it was like nobody in there had it. It was like they just kept right on and it was going. Was it kind of like that in your community too? Like where it was like it just 
fell on that church, and then the church across town was good, and then later on it we got the church across town. Was it like that? Well, it, it was a very different situation. You got to remember when it when it first came in. Um, that was the moment, literally on that day, the fourteenth, fifteenth of uh, March, twenty twenty. Uh, government came in, shut everything down. Schools had been eliminated. People were not uh, said permitted not to be able to go out, not to be able to do anything. So I say that because what happened was is the activity with other people had ceased. Mm. So, you know, I- anything that was done, they tried to isolate it. And of course, everybody then was in the battle uh, in our churches of who's being led by the government, who's being forced by the government. Uh, it wasn't really an option to us. It wasn't nothing with government whatsoever. We couldn't function. You know, we we had we had um, we knew of uh, over fifty cases immediately. Uh, again, five days five, five uh, passed away in fourteen days. Um, I ended up having a flu, B flu, and COVID all at the same time. Uh, it rocked my world. You, you know, if anybody's ever experienced that, you can't even think straight. Well, some people, everybody's different, but um, so it, it it was not about what the government said. It wasn't about God telling us, well, bless God, we're going to go forward or let's be patient or uh, let's live in fear or let's just be cautious. There, th- none of that stuff was an option. Uh, the illustration I've used is uh, kind of like my aunt raised me. There was uh, about five or six kids that was in the house. You know, if somebody got sick or if everybody was sick, we always ate at the dinner table. Uh, my generation ain't used to that, but we always ate at the dinner table. That's just what we did. But when people were sick, she would make a decision. Hey, it's just best. We just don't all sit at the table tonight. Not because we, you know, we're going to let this control our house. It's not because, you know, we're done. We're walking away quitting. It's just you because you love and you're given account and you're responsible for the people, you have to choose what's best for them. So during that time, we had ceased from service just really until I could think straight. I mean, if you want the truth, I, yeah, I mean, I I, for, for two weeks, I couldn't do anything. So um, there was people that would get it around uh, in different areas. But again, I mean, this is where, uh, if you can go back and recall, a lot of people forget this now, but I mean, there was a time where the government and people were saying, you can't go outside. You can't go to the grocery store. You can't, you know, you can't do this. You can't do that. I mean, they shut businesses down and things were going on. People are at home. There, so there was, it was just a great difference than what it is right now. Um, but again, it did spread. Things did happen. Um, but, um, you know, by the grace of God, we were able to be able to pull through it. But it, it's it's like anything else. I don't care if it's now or then. You always feel isolated. Mm. So, you know, I think everybody that's been through it, every pastor, every church, every Christian, even those that have been very proud and arrogant. And I say that kind of boldly, but I also say it very carefully. There's a lot of people I know that I love very bold and, and, and you know, aggressive with stuff until it hits you, until mm. it's your family who dies, until it's somebody you know is really struggling. You're preaching to me you know, right now. So what happens is they you, you find yourself, they go through it, you back up and you say, you know, hey, even though it's then or it's now or it's in the middle of it, you always feel isolated. And when you've been there, you understand it. And, um, you know, and I, I personally think that's the way Christians should be. You know, we understand what it's like to be lost. So therefore, that's what the Bible teaches for us to be more patient. The Lord's long suffering. We should be long suffering. Well, the same spiritual you know, application goes for everything in life. We should approach things, understanding where we were, what we've been through and approach it the way that Christ has approached it with us. And because of that, we, you know, we become to be better. But um, a lot of times it's our pride and the Lord has a way of humbling us. And, and, you know, and I say that and, and don't try to ramble on with it, but, 
It wasn't COVID. It wasn't the government. Uh, it wasn't the devil. It wasn't Satan. The Lord permitted this. All through the scripture, the Bible talks about pestilence over and over and over. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray, it's, it's pestilence. He talks about these things. And everything he uses in the word of God about pestilence is always a spiritual need. It's always. I mean, you study it all through the scripture. So the Lord was doing this to be able to teach us. And he's still teaching us. Yeah. I mean, we're still learning. So um, I, I can truly say that yeah, COVID had its had its price to pay, and it still does. Um, but as a Christian, not a father, not a husband, not a pastor, not not none of those quote unquote titles, but just simply this 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 time as a as a Christian, um, that I'm closer to the Lord because of COVID, and and that's what God does. Anything He does, or He permits, or He allows physically always has a spiritual um, focus. There's a purpose for it. And that's why we're, that's why people are quitting and stopping and walking away and so frustrated because they're so busy trying to fix the spiritual. That's why this world is, you know, so defeated and miserable because they don't understand spiritual. That's why the churches are being divided because they quit thinking spiritually. Mm. So now what we have is a bunch of divided Christians, a church that, you know, really don't have much momentum anymore because a lot of people on the uh, inside are now divided. People on the outside don't want to come sometimes because they see all this because we're thinking from an earthly perspective and you know we can't do that um so you know god has tremendously helped me and uh, many others i know many others has been helped by the same thing because there's something about the lord getting you to that still moment and and slowing you down uh to where he can speak clearly to you and um so it has been a different journey but again there's been so much has been learned through all of it for sure i'm gonna I'm give some more history on this so everybody, you know, everybody listening, they get get a better handle on this. A lot of people's never met you before, so I'm gonna try to get a little handle. I'm 56. How, how old are you? Just turned 41. So he's 41. He's he's probably like, you know, in the shape of a 16 year old. You know, he's <laughs> yeah involved in CrossFit. You know, he gets up every morning, runs what? How many miles? Four or five miles? Yeah. Probably. I'm not I'm not bragging on you here, so don't I, get all. I understand. I understand. Don't get all. <laughs> you don't get all my. You know, but he's. Jason has he takes very good care of himself, you know, watches his health and stuff and and um works out and he's 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 at forty one and he's in the best shape of his life. You know, like that old Bowflex commercial. So so <laughs> imagine now, even at forty one, okay, so you'd have been about what, forty, thirty nine then? He had the flu and COVID at the same time. And this went on like two weeks, right? You were sick two weeks. Right, right. I mean, didn't. I mean, I called you and you you was like, I can't even get out of the bed at one point. Weren't you like locked in the back of the house or something? Right. Yeah. I, I stayed in the back of the house and, and you know, and um, I couldn't get out. I mean, sheets. I, if, if I would have known I had COVID, because you got to remember. When we when I had COVID, when we had COVID, yep. they did not have rapid tests. So we had to take a test. I knew I had flu because they could figure that out. But my results didn't come back for, for 20 days. Um, meanwhile, for 43 days straight, CDC called me every single morning, every wow. morning because of all the contacts. So, yeah, I mean, and uh, so there I was li- laid up <laughs> trying, so trying you're to figure sick. life out. I mean, and let's be honest, say I, I got it. I was diagnosed, I think, on the 4th, August the 4th, and I had seen – you know, this play out for 19 months, you didn't have that benefit. Right. I mean, you were just like, you didn't know what was going on. Right. You know, you just knew people were dying. You knew you had it. But, and I, and I don't know if you felt like I did, but I had it and my church people had it. 
And I remember just like, I, I was worried about myself, you yeah. know, like, am I going to make it? I don't yeah. know if you thought that, but. I had to tell my wife, I, I, there was a day that again, and, and I do, you know, I try to be very disciplined in everything that I do. And, and my family knows that. And, uh, there was a day that when, again, I knew I had flu, but, um, when it, there's a day that, and, and my lung capacity is, is, is strong and, um, I can remember the morning where, where my wife walked in and, and I had told her that I really believed because they would not even come around me that I thought I probably had COVID. And um, and I, you know, I tried every old school. I was in a hot shower trying to break it up. You know, everything that we thought, you know, <laughs> my dad's from West Virginia. No offense to anybody that listens from West Virginia, but, you know, they've got you know, so many ways that, you know, you just, I mean, that's the old way. You didn't and have a special delivery sent from one of them <laughs> creeks up there, did you, from, yeah, from been. West Virginia, did no, you? No, not <laughs> to at all. break that up. But, you know, that's the thing. You think about all this stuff and everything you think, oh, sure, I can beat it. And it, it, it just, it was not beatable. Uh, and I never get sick. I mean, I'm never sick whatsoever. Uh, never a day of my life. Um I mean, my bed was drenched with water and, um, drenched with water. And, uh, I would, I would, I would, I'd, I'd lay on, I'd lay on the asphalt and the concrete when I could get out and just go out and lay out in the sun. Cause I was old school, you know, thinking, well, vitamin D fixes everybody. I mean, I, I, mean, I was crawling. I'm, I'm not exaggerating. I mean, my family will tell you, but, um, because nobody knew nothing. You can take you enough know? vitamins. You can beat anything. Yeah. And, and I did. I thought to myself, this is, this is, you know, am I gonna, am I gonna make it? Am I not going to make it? What's yes. it going to be like? And um, but by then I couldn't even think straight, so I didn't want my family to be concerned. And um, but it was it was a very so, hard journey. I mean, just just I mean, my people were real sensitive. Our church people were real sensitive to me, and I mean, I had a bunch of them. You know, they were just constantly sending me messages. Mm -hmm. You know, like I don't. You know, we're praying for you. We know you're going through a hard time. Um, you know, I, I don't know that. Um, I never want to go through that again right. uh, at church or with people, myself. But literally, when you're sick, I mean, you're just a pastor, not a not a hireling. You're not a hireling. You don't flee when the when the uh, wolf comes. You want to run to the sheep and protect them. When you're sick like that, and your phone is nonstop. I mean, and it's just like what is it like it's like. Constantly, so and so's got COVID. This one's got COVID. That one's got COVID. This one's got COVID. This one's got COVID, and and you're just you know trying to communicate. You're trying to take care of yourself, and at the same time, you know you're trying to take care of the flock. It's just unbelievable, you know where you mentally where you get, spiritually where you get, physically how it affects you. It's like you said, you can't even think straight during that time, and and. You're talking about being prideful and humble. I was so humble when, you know, I went back to that verse that said, if the Lord's willing, we'll do this or that. People would say, are you okay? And I would say, I'm okay. But I would never take it any farther than that. I'd never say, I'm going to be all right or I'm doing great. You know, I was really, you know, um, I don't know if I want to use the word fear uh, or respect or reverence. I, I wasn't calling any shots. I was just saying, Lord, you know, Lord willing, I'm going to be all right. That's where I was at. I, I had a fear of God in me, uh, you know, at that time with everything going on in there. But, but you know, that you, you understand that overwhelming feeling I'm talking about. Absolutely. Yeah, there's no question about it. I mean, you can't think uh, very foggy. Uh, I had a piece of paper, again, trying to be disciplined. I, I had a notepad and 
um, when I would get a phone call, I couldn't even remember text messages, I, nothing. I, I put my phone away and, uh, a man at our church chairman of deacons, um, I had, I had spoke with him and I just, if anybody knows me, I'm, I try to be very available. Um, you know, I, I take pastoring as, as many do. Except, very serious. When, except when I call you. <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. And, um, but so I, you know, I'd called him and I just told him, I said, listen, I, I can't, I mean, I, and I, I really, I couldn't. And, uh, and I asked him, you know, can you just keep me updated whenever something happens? And so he would periodically about every three days, I had a notepad and I'd write everything down. And, um, to this day, still got it. Um, I wrote down two lists. Uh, number one, the prayer list on everything. And number two, I wrote down every preacher and every person that specifically reached out outside of our church family that had compassion. And I'm going to tell you, there's a lot of men that will preach in a pulpit that could preach a sheet rocks off the wall. And um, that for a long time, uh, I, I, I held them in high regard. There's some men that, that, you know, in most people's opinion, uh, you know, they don't and nothing against, you know, writing books. They don't have a big congregation, you know, nothing like that. I mean, almost just an average pastor. But they now are, have a very special place in my heart because they they reached out and they cared. And so I kept those two lists because they made an impact. And uh, I'll forever be grateful uh, for that. But, you know, other than that, there was Is no Is that like way. a naughty and a nice list? Like, uh, yeah, that's like, what it was. Uh, you, you were on that list. So let me just say, you I'm not it. even going to ask you where I was. I don't want to know. No, it don't matter where you were. It's the fact when they called, I just wrote the name down. But, but you know, I did that because so many times I, I knew, I knew even in the fogginess that God has a purpose. I didn't know what it was. So all I could do is be faithful, uh, you know, each day, each moment and, and each step. And I did not want to miss what he was trying to teach me. So I, I just, I would write everything down that I could. And that's what I did. And, you know, so when I got done with it, uh, I was able to be able to go back and I was able to be able to see the men that encourage and, and understand these things and the people. And, um, you know, because the Lord's always teaching. He's, there's always something. Uh, that's why he's the good shepherd. I mean, he's leading us. He's taking us somewhere. Whether it's in the valley, whether it's you know, beside still waters, whether it's, you know, in the green pasture, whatever it may be, he's he's leading. And, you know, and as a Christian, as a man, as a father, as a husband, as a leader, as a pastor, I'll be honest, I, there's a lot of times I do want to know what God's doing, but I've just come to a place in my life where I don't I don't really care. Uh, I just want to know that he's still leading me. And um, and that's what matters to me, that, yeah. that he's leading me. I understand. So. <laughs> You know, I was, uh, I laughed because you said that like those two weeks or whatever you were down, you like went through the whole book of Revelation, you know, in your Bible study. Oh, yeah. I never got out of Isaiah 6. I mean, I was just like, <laughs> for the two weeks, I was on Isaiah 6, right. you know, that same verse. And I'm, and then when you told me you went through the book of Revelation, I was like, what? The book of Revelation? Are you joking? Right. And uh, I was kind of impressed by that. 